good morning, or good afternoon, whatever time it is where you're at. Hello. I hope you are having a great day. It is another marvelous Monday. And I'm just, I'm laughing at John. You know, John, uh, that greeting is going to lose some meaning if it's just the standard thing that's always said. Come on. Morning. Good morning, John. Good morning, Robin, from Parkside Drive, down the street, around the corner, not far. Good morning, Vicky. Good morning, Lisa. I hope you all are, are having a great day. Uh, I want to just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, I'm going to start in Psalm 113. And I learned recently from my son that I have to say 113, because if I say 113, he'll think I'm talking about Psalm 1. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's just going to start with uh, Psalm 113. It says, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. I love this psalm. And it is just, it's just where I'm at right now. It just, you know, after, after last week and, and talking about praise, it's just something that has been on my heart continually uh, over the last week. And, and specifically in, in moments where uh, I'm not like having all the feels, like I can feel God's presence and, you know, the, the, the times where your feelings are lying to you saying that God is far off and, and not, you know, right there with you, uh, in those lies, it's, it's fun to praise because in the face of, of opposition, we get to feast. We get to, uh, rest in his presence and it's an incredible thing. And, and so this, this Psalm has just been, uh, one that, I go back to because if, if I'm not, like I said, if I, if I suspect that my feelings are lying to me about something, I'm going to go back to this because no matter what I have the opportunity to praise God, because I know that in him, no matter what uh, uh, my life looks like from the outside, I know that in him it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's marvelous, magnificent. I, I just, I, I don't even know the, the right adjective to give it. it. It's just incredible that in him, I can look at anything going on and still offer praise, still be joyous and, and, and excited and, and really chasing after him. And so I wanted to start there. And with that in mind, uh, I want to jump over to uh, Luke 24. I want to make a big deal this morning about the resurrection. Uh, I think, you know, you know we, we spend a lot of time at Easter when we talk about this. And, you know, we have certain times of the year where we talk about uh, uh, different things and we, we will focus in on, on different uh, stories from the Bible 
and and I know this isn't a, a, a normal time to make a big deal about the resurrection, but that's what I want to do today. Um, I really didn't know where this was going to go until this morning. And so uh, we're just going to go ahead and start in, in verse one. And uh, I think we're going to read the entire chapter. So it says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? This is always something every time I read it, every single time without fail, it catches me. Why are you looking? Uh, why do you seek the living among the dead? They knew the story. Jesus spoke plainly with, with his disciples. And, and when we talk about the disciples, we only think about the 12, uh, those that are named. But we know there were more. We know that there were more followers of Jesus who, who were continually coming around who would consider themselves disciples as well. And they would have heard this story about dying and and Jesus being uh, resurrected three days later, he he spoke openly about it. And so uh, the fact that they were there looking uh, in the tomb for him and and perplexed about it is is something to give pause. They should have been there confirming what he had already said. They're not looking for the living in that point in the place of the dead. They're just seeking him out. Where is he? Where is he now? We know he's not here. We're just here confirming it. So it always catches me, you know, uh, in thinking about that. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And it, it, it is a question that we need to be thinking about when, when we start trying to find ourselves in things outside of Jesus. We, we shouldn't be doing that because then we're trying to, to seek the living uh, uh, among the dead. And that's just not where we need to be uh, considering ourselves and, and, and trying to find identity outside of Christ, because that's the same thing. He goes on in verse six and says, he is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. They needed a reminder, but they did remember. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. It's it's interesting, you know, that in the custom back in the day, when two or more gave testimony, it was it was believed. And here we have more than two people giving testimony, but they weren't believed. It was just believed to be an idle tale, like they were just imagining all this stuff. They imagined the empty tomb. They imagined. Uh, the the two men appearing to them. 
and, and proclaiming that he he was risen, that Jesus actually rose from the dead, just like he said he would. They didn't believe it. But Peter got up and, and ran and and checked it out for himself and then went and was marveling at what had happened. That, this is an incredible story to really consider what's going on and, and put yourself in the, the place of this. You, you followed this man around for three years, giving up everything just to see him crucified, just to see him put on a cross like a common criminal, murdered, knowing that he was innocent. And then forgetting the words that he spoke to you. When he he plainly told you, this is what would happen. And it did. But you're still denying him. You're still sitting in unbelief. It's it's an incredible thing, you know, belief. And this is kind of where we're going today. Um, but I, I want to celebrate first. And and so uh, Peter Rose ran to the tomb. He looked in, saw the clothes, didn't see Jesus, and went away marveling. Verse 13 says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him. And are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe and all to believe all the prophets have spoken. What is not necessary? Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the thing uh, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This is uh, an interesting thing that these two, two men going to Emmaus uh, were discussing what had happened and Jesus came up. They didn't recognize him. Um, They were they were kept from recognizing him. And, and he laid out all of these things um, that the, I think when he tells them, oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, their sadness, their, their countenance that they were carrying in this conversation obviously was in unbelief of what 
uh, what was known and what was spoken by the prophets and what Jesus foretold uh, of himself, they didn't believe it. They, they, they were now with this report that the tomb was empty, that, that uh, angels had visited these women. They weren't even sure what to think. They, they were just dumbfounded like the disciples were. They, they, they weren't believing that he would actually come back from being crucified, from being murdered. They just didn't think it possible. It says, uh, verse 28, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. This is uh, another one of those areas where I, I just in, in kind of stopped in my tracks, stopped in my tracks when it says that he, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And this is the point where their eyes were open and they recognized him. The, the partaking of the Lord's Supper, the breaking of bread, the, the, the drinking of the wine the remembrance of, of what he did on the cross is an eye-opening experience. And we should see it as such and, and be able to partake of it in that manner to where we are allowing that to, to bring revelation of what was done on our behalf and, and how we have new life from that. We should when we take that, we should, we should allow it to, to open our eyes and, and, and recognize Jesus in, in, in new ways each and every time. Verse 32, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened, opened up to us the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. They didn't wait. I don't know what time it was, but it was, you know, they, they convinced Jesus to come back because it was evening. It was getting late and, and to stay with him. And in this moment, their, their eyes were open. They recognized Jesus and, and he vanished. And, and immediately they got up and they went to, to share what had happened, to share this experience. They didn't wait. Their, their, their excitement and, and the burning of their hearts that they, they described compelled them to go and share this, this wonderful experience, this wonderful news with everybody else. They didn't wait. They were, they were devoted to Jesus. They were devoted to oneness and they wanted to bring everybody in to what had just happened. And, and the quote, the Lord has risen indeed is, and this is something that should, should make us all want to uh, uh, just jump up and, and go, go be with each other. 
to, to celebrate and to praise. This is what I was talking about with Psalm 113. No matter what the circumstance is, we get to praise God anyway. He does all these great and wonderful things. And, and uh, uh, even apart from that, I, I celebrate and praise him for the, the breath that's in my lungs, for the breath that's in your lungs. Because we get to be with one another. We get to share in oneness. And this is this is one of those things where where we have to keep that praise in mind is is the Lord has risen indeed. And to make a big deal about the resurrection, to make a big deal about what was done for us. It goes on in verse 36 and says, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. I don't know if peace is what I would feel in that moment. I'm sure I would feel peace in that presence. But at the same time, my, my peace is going to turn to uh, exuberance and great excitement uh, and, and probably joyful tears in that moment if I was one of these disciples in this room and Jesus just appeared there. Verse 37, but they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. This is one of those other reactions, you know. Uh, yeah, I say I'd be, you know, overcome with joy and excitement, and, and I believe I would be. But at the same time, if I really put myself, take take the filter of 2,000 years of, uh, of study of what happened here and, and, and my filter of having all the scriptures put together uh, in, in one bound collection for me to go through all the time. If I take all that away and, and really put myself in that experience right there, I, I might have the same reaction. It, it, it would be interesting to, to have, have witnessed this and, and just kind of see my own reaction to uh, uh, Jesus showing up and saying, peace, peace, Peace to you. But they were startled and, and still unbelieving. Even after him showing his hands and his feet and saying, touch me, they still had some, some disbelief going on. And so he asked for food and he ate. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witness of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. They were witness to 
all of these things. They were witness to the fulfillment of scripture. And this is what Jesus was opening up to them in that moment. He was opening their minds. They're, they're, they're now starting to understand new creation and being able to put on the mind of Christ. In verse 50, it says, and he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them while he blessed them. He parted from them and was carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing him. Again, regardless of what was happening, they were, they were worshiping him. They were worshiping Jesus. They were they were continually in the temple blessing God, offering up high praise to him. Just being absolutely overcome with joy. And they are justified in doing so now. Because before this time, there was a priesthood that stood in the place of everybody and offered sacrifice and offered praise to God. And, and they were continually in the tabernacle blessing God. But now, now that Jesus came as, as the ultimate high priest, as the, the, the one who was bringing in a, a new covenant, something that, that was not before, but is now, before was just a, a shadow, just a type of what was coming. And so now they have the new covenant and now they get to go into the temple fully justified and offer praise, not in the form of sacrifice, because the one sacrifice that was needed to to cover sin, it says. Um, Suffer on the third day and rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed to all the nations. Now they get to proclaim the forgiveness of sins because of the sacrifice, because of the offering of Jesus himself on the cross. This is what they get to do. They get to go out and rejoice and share all of this with the people. And, and they're justified in doing so because of the resurrection. And Paul talks about that. I want to jump over real quick into Romans 4. And we will... Let's see, Romans 4, what do I want to start here? Let's just start in verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherence of the law, and the promise is void, for the law brings wrath but there but where there is no law there is no transgression so they needed the law to see the transgression that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring to all of abraham's offspring not only to the adherent of the law but also to the one who shares the faith of abraham who is the father of us all as it is written i have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the god in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. 
He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Through all the things, Abraham maintained faith that God would come through and deliver on what he promised. Even if he didn't get to see it, he had faith. And it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed what God said to him. Regardless of, of what he could see in it with his natural eyes, he knew that God was going to deliver on what he had promised. And he believed it. And it says the, the words counted to him were not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It's, it's, it will be counted to us who believe in the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Who was delivered up for our trespasses. He died to, to cover our sins. That, that blood spilled covered our sins. It also was uh, um, the sacrifice that brought in the new covenant. It was the point where uh, the, when the spear was put into his side, blood and, and water poured out and new life was born. New creation life was born in that moment. And raised for our justification, the, the, the breath of life was given into him and, and new creation life in us was raised at that point. We, we were one thing and, and, and through belief brought into this, this new thing and, and made something entirely new and have had life breathed into that. And so with that, with that raising of Jesus, we are justified in the sight of God to come before him at any time coming into the Holy of Holies without fear. We are justified to do so. We have his spirit who lives inside of us. We are the Holy of Holies. This is, this is your, your all access pass that you get to wear around your neck everywhere you go. We have justification in the sight of God because of the resurrection of Christ. We should be praising this and celebrating this each and every day. Taking of the Lord's Supper and remembering these things, remembering what was done on the cross, remembering what we were brought into in the resurrection. That new life breathed into us. Bringing new creation life it, it is it is an incredible thing to be able to sit and just marvel at what god did for us there is nothing that we have to do there's nothing we can do to earn this it is it is simply the free gift if you 
if you read Romans 4 and 5, you're going to see this. You're going to see this amazing gift that was given to us. And, and partnership with this is just simply believing that what he said he was going to do, he will do. What he said he was going to do, he already did. And, and you can even look at that. If if God is the one who who was and is and is to come, that regardless of, of what he tells us, you can bank on it as already being done. If he has gone out before us and, and continues to go before us and makes a way, then it's already done. Don't forget this, this part here in, in uh, verse 17. Who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is, is uh, uh, God. This is the, the spirit that, that dwells within us. The Christ that we've been placed in is the one who, who calls things into existence that do not exist. Remember these things. When, when you get a promise, remember these things. Remember that you have this to bank on. You have justification to come before God and say, this is what you promised. This is it. I'm holding on to this. I know you are going before me. I know you are making a way and that this is happening. And I'm going to praise you. Regardless of what I continue to see here, Regardless if the fulfillment is beyond my lifetime, I'm still going to praise you because I know you've made this promise. And, and I can look at all of the time between Abraham and the, the, the fulfillment of the nations being brought back into the family. And, and the fulfillment of Abraham being the father of nations. It's a lot of time in between there. But Abraham believed. And in that belief, it was counted to him as righteousness. And we get to have that and, and read that for our sake as well, because it, it's counted to us who believe that what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection is counted to us as well. So celebrate this week. Praise. Let, let praise continually be on your lips. Let it continually flow out of your mouth in everything you do, everything you encounter, every experience you have, praise God for it. Rejoice and celebrate. It may be more difficult at times and uh, you may start that in tears at some times, but he will turn your, your, your tears into, into joy. Praise him. Don't listen to your feelings. They'll lie to you at times. They can be inputs. They don't get to be on the throne. Praise, praise God. Partake of the Lord's Supper and remember what he did. Let your eyes be open to Jesus in those times. Allow Holy Spirit to, to work in your life this week. But no matter what, let praise be coming out of your mouth continually. I love you all. Have a
great week and uh, we'll be back on, on Wednesday.